0: Hey
1: guys, welcome to Minefields. My name's Joshua Michael, this is my best friend Colin. Hello, this is Colin. This transmission's coming to you. This transmission is coming to you. Yes, we got a lot to talk about this week. First and foremost, guys, we're gonna go over a bunch of comics, but Colin doesn't have anything to talk about in terms of anything he's read <laughs> this week because he issues. had some he had some eye surgery. That's crazy.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I, I, you know, and simultaneously, I went to my comic shop and I had zero pulls this week. Nothing that I've been reading came out this week. However, I mean, it might not be one of my polls, but um, Symbiote Spider-Man did come out, number two. So I picked that up uh, and I did get to read it, but um, I kind of, man, I'll tell you what, uh, it's not easy right now to do anything reading. I've been sitting around listening to TV shows and I, then I am watching movies, but like trying to move your eyes to look at word bubbles, not, not comfortable. I've got stitches in my eyeball in case anybody was eating.
1: <laughs> that's that's hot. That's kind of hot.
2: Yeah, people keep like, oh, did you have LASIK? I'm like, no, I actually had a, uh, Retino- a muscle procedure done. So it's kind of like a minority report, if anybody's seen that. <laughs> Remember with Tom Cruise wandering around in the in the dark the f- trying to find what he's supposed to eat and... Of who the business. fuck is tom cruise who is he is he the old gay guy uh so i hear i don't what know dude he's... i go back and look i several years ago i went back and looked at his career i'm gonna say i haven't seen any movies of his that i didn't really like uh i think he was in coal miners daughter or something here was when when he was a teenager he was a football player in a movie and i think it took place in west virginia or something like that but um I feel like uh, that's one of the Tom Cruise movies I've never seen. But uh, Interview of the
1: Vampire was fucking rad. like dude can't, can't deny that.
2: I re-watched that uh, several months ago, and authentically, that is a great show. Yeah. So, I've got some comics that I read mm-hmm. this week. Um, yeah, you're going to lead us on. I'm the, I'm the sound off. I'm the sounding board right now. We've
1: got Hit Girl number four. I believe this is volume four or... Four. Yeah, I think it's got to be Volume 4 of uh, Hit Girl if you're counting uh, Kick-Ass as being uh, part of Volume 1. Ice Cream Man, number 12. We've got Curse Words, number 21. Shazam, number 5. Conan the Barbarian, number 6. Savage Sword of Conan, number 5. The Flash, number 70. And yeah, that's it. That's what I, oh, oh, and uh, last but not least, the Batman Who Laughs, number five, seven-issue miniseries. But yeah, uh, we were, before we started uh, recording, I was telling you that I watched all three Austin Powers movies this week right. to turn my brain off, too, because all I ever watch is wrestling, and it was nice to watch something just completely ridiculous. I, I forgot how funny <laughs> the fucking movies were. Yeah, they, the, they,
2: other, they, the other night... Uh... Speaking of English movies, yeah, the other night my my mother and I, while I'm in recovery here, uh, we sat back and watched Elizabeth: The Golden Age with Kate uh, Blanchett's 2007 movie, and it mm, is mm, delicious. Mm, it is a mm, beautiful, mm. beautiful looking movie. Mm, mm. Kate Blanchett, God damn, that woman is just a cinematic chameleon. Yeah, she is incredible. I've never seen her portray. Um, uh, Bob Dylan In that There was some movie Where she was Bob Dylan And I think Four other people Portrayed Bob Dylan At various stages Of of his career But That's a gutsy move And uh, Yeah I gotta say That woman is not afraid Of anything
1: Don't care about Bob Dylan
2: uh, Yeah I don't I don't like Bob music. Dylan Myself but um,
1: Respect his music I understand people like it I want people to like good music It's against my religion To make fun of people And their music but personally, I don't care for it. The same way, I don't care for the Beatles or Elvis.
2: Oh, I love Elvis. I'm super bored of the Beatles. I'm tired of the Beatles being poured over my cereal every morning.
1: Well, I like Elvis as a person, but mm. I just didn't really dig his music.
2: Um, It depends on what it is.
1: There was something really interesting that got brought up in uh, Darren Makovian's interview uh, from Sisyphe Down with Y2J, Chris Jericho, my hero on the latest <laughs> episode of Talk is Jericho about how uh, the, the lo- longevity of bands. Okay. So, you know, you're X amount of years old. You remember like the, the, the golden age of your favorite band. The first three ones of this ones, you really, the first three records or whatever, you know, we just bring up, let's like, just bring a random band, Nine Inch Nails Uh, um after after with teeth everything else was pretty much unlistenable to me uh Mm. i even had i had to force myself to to really try to like all of them but with teeth was difficult uh the rest of them i i can do without but when you're talking about elvis when rock and roll really started did people really imagine this to last as long as it did and if so do you really want to see ACDC on stage when they're 80? Or did you really Dude. care for 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 the last KISS record or, or anything they did in the 80s? And uh, that, that, that really got me
2: thinking. That was a really that, nice point. I love point what you're asking there. I think it's a matter of whether or not you're listening to a band anymore or if you're paying attention to a financial juggernaut or a musical institution. KISS, I have heard multiple things about KISS pro and con I'm a huge kiss fan I haven't I'm not just like buying their new albums because they're creative superstars or something like that I'm buying kiss because it's kiss and I want to feel it I want to be a part of this uh the kiss experience and I want it for all of the things that it has ever been and can continue to be uh and it's the same thing like I don't know um what else is there like Stone Temple Pilots have I bought their okay. their most recent album? I don't think that Probably I not. did. But is it the same band without Scott Weiland? You know what? Honestly, Stone Temple Pilots transcends Scott Weiland. Jeff Gutt is their current uh singer and he is I, awesome. I I
1: listened to that new record. It was fucking phenomenal. Like no it, it wasn't it wasn't my favorite record, but at no. the same time though, it was an it was an excellent piece of art and I, I, I kind of want to do our best as minefields representatives to push that sort of concept. Yeah, it's not, it might not be your favorite, but it was an excellent piece of art. If you were to go to an art gallery and they were performing this live and everyone was being hoity-toity and wearing in their, their, their Sunday best and eating the free sushi and cheese and, and free champagne and you actually were forced to pay attention to what was going on. Rather than just being a huge crowd you know that's dark, cigarette smoke, that sort of thing, if, if it wasn't like an art gallery environment, you would be like, "You know this is fucking good. it might not be my favorite yeah. I'm not, I might not yeah. i might not I might not buy the the CD from their trunk backstage or, or or give them money or 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 get the the download, but I enjoyed myself and they executed something in the best fashion they could and told a story. Yeah. And that's all All that's all that really matters. I mean, think about it. If, if, if you were to take certain things and put them in an art gallery situation where you had to behave yourself, you had to pay attention, you had to uh, enjoy the, the certain gravitas of the of the moment in, in everyone in, a, you know, you've been to a million art galleries, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I did. It, I did it back in the day all the time. But there's there's just something to it. There's an attention that you have to do. And, and it it's even imposed on you you have to go to each uh photograph painting and you have to look and stare at it as if you're actually paying attention to what's going on because you're worrying that people are looking if you're actually looking at what's going on does that make point. sense
2: yeah that's a good point
1: uh one of my favorite things about uh when i was a reporter back uh for the oklahoma daily was um the god what was that What is that gallery downtown Norman? It's like mind
2: something, uh, mind space, or um, let me look it up. I couldn't tell you. You uh, look it up and I want to touch on something you were just saying. Uh, You could, okay. So if you go to the gift shop and you're looking at posters or whatever of the Mona Lisa or the scream, or uh, I don't know, whatever anything is, Guernica. I always, I I don't know why I, I have a framed Uh, print of not a print but a duplication of Guernica is it the same thing does it matter do you have to go see like let's see um uh, I'm having a hard time coming up with the names of things I've been to the Art Institute of Chicago I've seen all those paintings that uh Ferris Bueller and Cameron Fry and Salone Peterson went and looked at you know does it make any difference that I saw them in person but I've got like a duplicate of them at home. I have duplicates of Edward Hopper paintings because I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, I would love duplicates of John Register if I could get them. Does it make any difference that, that you've got one as opposed to being in the original's presence? Of course it does. But It does. In it the does. end, what, what's the takeaway? You can still respect and appreciate it whether or not it's a duplicate or even a fake. I mean, I've seen a really wonderful a uh, copy of St. George killing the dragon uh, because it played into a movie that we worked on. We had one of those Chinese artists paint one for a hundred bucks or whatever and um, use it as a set piece. Cause the vampire in the movie had to tear it up or whatever. And it was still phenomenal. So in the end, do you have to, do you have to be at the, it's the same question. Do you have to be at the concert to appreciate the music or is the CD or the uh, recording, as good or as 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 powerful i don't know i mean i don't know i feel like we're way off topic here i'm not sure we even really touched on the topic duplicates versus originals um in the end i mean i get more enjoyment sometimes i was just thinking about it because the killers just performed in oklahoma city uh last weekend and i was thinking about it last night I love a lot of their songs, but I, I didn't need to go to that show. And then they like we, there was a tornado threat, too. And I thought, oh, man, what a horrible thing if this tornado or if this bad weather hits this concert. But uh, there's a sudden I got you. It's suddenly a question of whether or not I. Um, uh, do I need to go to a show to enjoy them or am I going to start singing the song that they're singing on stage and then sound like a goofball a minute later because they're going to change it up? That'll wreck my time, honestly.
0: Well, that's a, that's a good point. That's, there you go. That, well, I appreciate that, man. And it's just
1: there's a lot of different things you can call to this sort of thing. And uh while you were talking, I looked it up. It was Main Site in Norman. And it's still it still exists. Okay. And it was one of my first gigs as an art critic. Uh going to art school working for the daily accidentally and i get assigned to this some dude named benji russell and i know that is ringing a bell in your head right now uh benji russell yes know. you do benji russell is the guy that did all of the original photography for the shiny toy guns i was in the presence of oh. all of the original uh, uh giant photographs of this they were all like six by six at main and mm-hmm. uh I don't remember if the band was there, but I met Benji. We did an excellent interview. Like I talked to his mom. It was He was such a nice guy. He was a, such a nice gentleman. And, but that's when that was my true introduction to the Oklahoma City underground and how to get really over with these guys. Because he's the one that told me, well, first off, you need to talk to Estrella because Estrella over at the uh, Velvet Monkey was the one that did all the hair and the makeup. And then he's the one that told me I needed to know who Nicole Moan was. And then he also told me I should also talk to oh, yeah. some chick named Haley Luna, and mm-hmm. she was my other source for the for the actual story. But anyway, uh, because of that, that's that's what opened the door. But it it it. My point is is all the people that came together for one giant art project, and whether or not you should how how you should enjoy it, like are you sitting there listening to the LP cuz I'm holding the We Are Pilots on vinyl in my hand right now. I've got the original uh, the original CD, the second version, the third version. But then there's times when you, you you're live. I mean, how can you really say what art is and how it's done? And I can answer that question by how you break it down. We were talking about it last night and this is one of the this is how I usually well, always break down any sort of critique i do in regards to artwork comic books music is the the bob technique if, if anyone uh went to art school in at ou in norman you you know who bob was he, he's the one that that taught theory and in order to talk mm-hmm. theory it's broken down into five specific modes of speaking and that's how you do an art critique. Uh, if you guys remember, like Bob had his own printout, his little, uh, with the, the the plastic binding of how to, to function in his class. He'd show you paintings and we'd, you'd talk about it. But you gotta talk about it in the right way. Number one, what is it? It's a painting. It's a, I don't know, a philharmonic, you know, huge orchestra. Whatever it is, what is it? Number two, how was it made? It's on canvas, it's oil uh or it's uh this is digital, or this was all done in a dark room. second, what is it the medium yeah, number three how do you feel about it? what does it represent what is what is yeah. what is the story they're trying to tell and how it really relates to the form and then last but not least is do you like it? yes or no. I guess that was just four, sorry. but even then that's the best way to break it down. And people will be like, why would you why is this giant swatch of black on a 12 foot tall canvas important worth a million dollars? but if you look really closely, it's uh, actually not black. it's actually Mars black, which is the, the darkest brown you can imagine with different shades of brown around it to
2: to, oh, to, yeah. to, to manipulate
1: uh-huh. your eye. This this is an exercise in form, and this is the first time it was done, and you're you're looking at something that is a historical monument for eye manipulation and, and a jump in technology for art, whether if it's digital or or on canvas with oil or acrylic. Anyway, we're we're getting crazy off topic, guys. I apologize, but uh, but yeah, but yeah just uh, think about that when we're talking about comics, and because there was a lot of good comics that came out this week. Uh, specifically, the best comic that I've probably read in a long time, and it blew me away for many different reasons, was The Flash, number 70, year one, chapter one, year one. Uh, we'll get into that last, but I want to just talk about Hit Girl, number four, first. Written by Kevin Smith, artist is Pranil Oram, colorist is Sunny Go. Letterer is Clem Robbins, design and production, Melina Mikulik, and Rachel Fulton was the editor. Cover artist: are Francesco uh, Francavia, Amanda Connor with Paul Monts on the other ones. This, it was gorgeous to look at. This was some really beautiful digital art. Uh, obviously, the person that uh, that was, had the, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Like the, the digital pencil, uh, Pernil. Really? Mm-hmm. Really took a lot of care and effort into the artwork. We're talking great action shots, great movement. The action shots aren't too convoluted. Uh, it's not a lot of talking heads. A lot of great poses. However, Kevin Smith shit the fucking bed on this one. This was just a, <laughs> this was just a exercise. And I'm Kevin Smith, and Hit Girl is. We've talked about it before there to stop the movie that's based off of her in some book. And it turns out that the, the actress is more than a regular actress. She's a method actress and she is becoming the best hit girl. She can be on camera, but off camera, she's turned into her own vigilante with her own publicist and she's the dictator. And she just cuts the dicks off of all the Hollywood agents that have uh, in any way sexually harassed her. (laughs) And
2: did you say the dictator or the dick-taker? Uh The dictator. <laughs> okay, because yeah. I'm sorry, I, I misheard you, and I remembered us talking yeah. about briefly about this the other day. So I just wanted to make sure I got it right. But
1: it's it's just an homage to everything Kevin Smith has ever done. It's it's Jane Son, and Bob again. Mm-hmm. The ending was terrible. I I'm surprised that they even got four issues out of this, as opposed to maybe two. This should have been a one issue thing, and it just got too far fetched. I really hope the artist really, you know, grows, finds some better projects, uh, better scripts to work on. But shame on you, Kevin Smith. This was... You didn't even try on this. And and if I bump into you, I'm going to say, hey, I'm the guy that gave you the shitty review on this. Yeah, I'm an asshole. I write comics myself. <laughs> but at the same time, though, like, why? Like,
2: this this was lazy. And... let's Let's go into that just a little bit. We have... Clearly, multiple times shit on Kevin Smith. I love the guy. Me? You, you do like him? him? No,
1: it's fine. But we can do point, point counter. Man,
2: you know, I, he might be an awesome guy in person. I don't know. I just feel like his schlocky thing, his whole thing has gone on long enough. And this is clearly a guy who's reached millions of people and has major fan base. I don't have that. I don't. I don't. I don't dis, uh, disagree with uh, what he's done to get there. The problem is he's not doing anything new or different. And the the difficulty I find is that now I don't. He's like a commercial that I can't stop seeing. He's like a Liberty Mutual commercial over and over and over again, and nothing is different about it. Nothing changes. And I'm stuck with it, and I have to see it every time I turn on the TV. So then I see, like, oh, hey, here's Kevin Smith talking about something on YouTube or whatever. And I'm like, I I feel like I want to listen to this. Because I don't need Kevin Smith to tell me how to think or feel about something. But I want to know if he has an insight to it that is going to help me feel like he is less completely devoted to his own thing. I'm concerned that... He's tapped out like Rick Berman and Brandon Branga of Star Trek or like uh, Quentin Tarantino. I don't think he has anything left to show us, you know, and it's it's just at a certain or I don't know what. Um, Who's the other guy that I uh, something off the top of my head? Uh, The Village, the Sixth Sense.
1: Oh, M. Night, M- M. Night Shyamalan.
2: M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Though, I do have a little bit more respect for that guy. I do. his his, his I idea... Do. He, he tries. I dig... I, I still... I'm okay with the shock ending, but that doesn't need to be what your whole career there's, is based there's off some of. There's effort with him, though.
1: There's there's oh,
2: effort. Yeah.
1: This hit girl was a sham. This was something he cranked out super fast. And I love your point there about how it's the same thing. Now, mm. let's do point-counterpoint. Let's talk about Y2J, Christy Oko, My Hero. There is five five or six different variations of the guy. He is consistently reinventing himself and making himself relevant without being a dinosaur trying to be the old wrestler showing up to still make a couple of bucks. He
2: was okay we're, we're t- now let me jump let me jump you there is that like would you characterize then another guy that we both love Ric Flair? Is that what he's doing? Is that what he had been doing until he, he's not doing Ric Flair's Ric Flair's but different. Rick Flair's original character that he still does was so
1: over the top and so monumental. There was no room for reinventing, like Elvis. The, like is Elvis is is Elvis okay. not okay. G-
2: like the Hulk? Like yeah, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, yeah. Some of these guys transcend it. Okay, so I see but what you're with saying. With Y2J,
1: I uh, we're we're talking Chris Irvin playing D and D with his buddies and in and has a garage band called Scimitar in Winnipeg. Then when he decides to become mm-hmm. a wrestler, he's going to Mexico. He's learning everything he can, goes to WCW, uh, as Chris Jericho, the Lion Tamer, a lot of different different names he, he monikers he had from Mexico to uh WCW, goes to WWF at the time, mm-hmm. not WB. Um uh, and they you know, Vince does what he always does. He breaks you down and reinvents you in in his own way. And there was a specific a specific thing that he had told Vince was, I want to do a move and I want it to be called uh, the Y two J. And Vince stops him and says, No, you are Y two J. And that's where that's where it, that's where it came from. Who's gonna save us? The, okay, so so Y two J, the 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 perfect heel, becomes the first undisputed champion. He's the 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 man that. With of a thousand moves, with this huge list of everything he uh, he had created as a move, and then when he eventually took a break, comes back and they do this huge thing about uh where they they give you clues about a code and it breaks down almost matrix like. Who's gonna you know save us? Y two J and Y two J comes Y two J comes back and but there's still the countdown. There's still the little bit. And then we move on to later on, uh, we, we're going to jump like another iteration from like, we're going to jump from that over two other new iterations of him to what happened in 2017 and, uh, and 18 when he was teamed with Kevin Owens. And the, the best friends, like two guys that are notorious for not being able to play well with others, are just kicking ass. And you think the entire time when's Y2J Chris Jericho? My hero gonna turn on Kevin Owens (laughs) and then they flipped the script. It was Kevin Owens that turned on. I didn't see that coming. And then now No, that's legit. That's awesome. So he gets over in that big way again. And then what does he do? He challenges Kenny Omega in in New Japan Pro to a match.
0: It was to a match.
1: Yeah. He shows up and he's cursing. He's like the worst version of himself. Fuck you. He's he's attacking journalists. He's attacking the 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 people the uh, the the camera guys. Uh, side ring. Mm-hmm. And then what does he do next? He attacks Naito and him and Naito have a throwdown street match where it gets so crazy that. Y2J get hit, got hit so hard and slammed down. It ripped part of his 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 scalp off and his hair. Naito had a, suffered a broken eye socket from that motherfucker. And then what does Y2J do after ah. that? He decides, you know what? Fuck it. I, I, I'm gonna do a, a a cruise. There's never been a there's never been a uh, uh, wrestling cruise, and gets the best of the best on the cruise. And then they start AEW. And that hasn't even happened. Yeah. Now, do you see my point about reinventing? It's still Y two J, but he's consistently
2: reinventing himself. All of this adds up to the concept of reinvention, yes. of doing something different and new. I'm in a world of transition right now, personally, like trying to figure out what to do with my career and all of these other things. And like, my I, I look at the differences, like Kevin Smith. Please, dear God, dude, you have the acumen you have the intelligence you've got you've got a bed a foundation of amazing things that you've already done he you know i mean doing the films and doing comic books what should he do now, next now, let's take the, it down a different tack we complain about the guy well, what should he do next what what what, what first got to talk good at? about the guy y2j is an alpha mm-hmm.
1: How many videos can we look up right now where we type Kevin Smith into and he's bitching about something or shooting on somebody? It's he's he's a fucking beta. Now he did Tusk. He tried to do something different, but he's a fucking beta. And he's he, he, you can look up videos of him shitting on on Bruce Willis about how he took over that stupid cop movie and how he's never going to work with him again. He's going to talk about he's going to talk right. about how the Superman movie didn't work out and how but he, he is about that. It's all alpha, um, beta, bitch fest. Fucking grow, grow a set okay. and fucking kick some ass. You had to have a heart attack to get better? Okay, um, I don't care. I, <laughs> I, I don't care. Um, it's just not registering with me. That, that That's that's what I just want to break it down to. Like Y2JZ Alpha, Kevin Smith beta and i'm not mr tough guy but at least fucking take the fucking reins on your life and and try whether or not you you can kick someone's ass in the ring or or write circles around someone which i know he can and which is why i'm that mad about it because i like him you don't but he's got the potential what what did you think when when you've been through all this bullshit with with girls you're like 23 and you're watching clerks and silent bob finally says you know man uh most girls are just gonna cheat on you. They're not gonna bring you lasagna and take care of you at work.
2: That, what did I that think about
1: that? I mean, that, that was that was important. He's right. Do more of that. Don't just do this silly bullshit. Because I want to like you. I want to invest in you. I want to give you my money. Anyway, let's let's move on. I'm, I'm sorry.
2: Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, all right. No, I mean, I I hey man, I mean, I'm. For anybody who's got an opinion on this, hit us up because we, for, you know, it's interesting for, for people that you, you're, you're peeved about, you have so much more to say. And, uh, if we're like, let us know if right. we're wrong, please let us know if we're right. Please connect with us about this. We, you know, we've clearly got opinions. We don't know whether or not Give we're right Give us discourse. Or wrong. We want to see better for somebody. Look at look at the look at the amount of reach that someone like all of these people that we just poshed on or that we just, you know, said something about has and what they can do in a positive fashion. I'm going to sit here and say, "Yeah, Chris Jericho having a freaking cruise? Hell yeah, man. Get people in touch with you in a way that's totally different than just showing up to a convention, doing autograph signings and like, you know, photo ops and stuff like that, hanging out with people, really visiting, you know, it's a big difference between being a Mark and a smart Mark.
1: Before we move on to the next comic, I want to rewind back to what you said about reinvention and you, you were on the cusp Mm -hmm. in February. When I went back to work in the center, I decided to be the person I've always wanted to be the way Joe Rogan says, be the guy that consistently be the guy that you are when you're trying to get laid, when you're trying to court, when when, <laughs> when you're trying to court your girlfriend, always stay that way. Uh, like like Kurt Russ, that is a power like Kurt move. Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. I read an interview with them when I was a kid, and like they're not married, but they're together, and they're more together than most people. And they asked her how are you guys still together, and yeah. she's like, "He still courts me. He's still scared to lose me. He's constantly trying to." To make me laugh or impress me. And and it's not about... it's Love isn't about that sort of thing. But at the same time, though, to keep yourself in that mind frame to not get comfortable. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be the guy I've always wanted to be. And I cannot tell you how many awesome people have gravitated to me because I've kept my mind in that sort of sense, despite how tough it is. Because it, it sucks. I'm old school goth, man. I'm always pissed off. I'm always on the brink of depression.
2: Oh dude, no. You're I mean I've I'm super impressed with your uh your uh your personality since we started doing Yeah, we podcast, started the fucking podcast like right around that time. We thought we wouldn't have any content to display to anybody until this month, May of 2019. We thought we were going to put a bunch of stuff in the bank and we were kind of scared, but then we just just let's do it. Let's just shoot. Let's just go. And we just kept doing it and doing it, and you're a whole different person now. It's it's amazing. Well,
1: like that's why I wanted to bring up the cusp you're on, man. Like I just mm-hmm. wanted to remind you on air that it's always possible. Like there's a lot of things I wish I had never said or done, but I'm no longer worrying about that anymore, and I'm doing my best to just push good stuff. But uh, speaking of good stuff, we're talking about Shazam number.
2: Yeah 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 let's Sh- progress with our material. Shazam
1: number five. Um absolutely impressed with how this comic worked out. This was so much goddamn fun to read. I I never thought I would ever be into Shazam. I it, it seems it seems like <laughs> one of those old school things. I mean I haven't even watched the movie yet. It seems like one of the old school things that like mm-hmm. it's it's too dated, it's too old. Like Superman, what can new can you do with Superman? Superman's too invincible. But Shazam is trapped on like a toy world, and it's run by it, it's it's uh, it's very obviously uh, influenced by um, what's that Howie Mandel movie, um, Little Monsters.
2: Oh yeah, it's got its, it's moments, but it, it's not it, the worst it, movie it's, I've it's ever like
1: seen. It's like Pinocchio. It's the the island of uh, whatever delights and. Misfit the toys. toys, and you can enjoy everything. Like Shazam, he's using Shazam's powers to siphon it, and make his rides faster, and it's a big amusement park. However, all the kids that get lost in this place can enjoy it up until they turn eighteen. In which case, they gotta go to work, and they're the ones backstage enslaved to make sure everything's going uh, running smoothly. And Shazam is ca- uh, captured behind the scenes by the essential uh, uh, parallel to Boy from Little Monsters. And he puts him in his place. At the same time, his buddies are on a video game planet, uh, well, like a program, and they have to defeat the ultimate game master. And this guy's talking about how he's grown up with video games, and then in another world, his other buddies are trapped in an animal world where humans were supposedly extinct, and it's run by an evil elephant... And tigers are vi- are, are <laughs> vilified, and they sentence these humans uh, who have done nothing wrong, simply just for existing. They're sentenced to death. Sentenced to death by tiger, and the tiger alone that uh, who's en- enslaved doesn't want to hurt these humans. The art, the artwork yeah. was electric, and. That cool. is such a lazy way to say it because if you look at the – look at that. See? That's electric. <laughs> it's this <just> nonstop electricity <laughs> and, and lightning. But it was it was fun. The banter between each character and, and these people I've never experienced before. Just – I can't wait for the next fucking issue. This was so great. Uh, um, Black Adam is there, and I'm excited for that just because I know The Rock's going to play him eventually. But even then, like the artwork, we're talking great – Light and dark balances here. It's not talking heads. We're talking. Every scene is 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 fluid. It has motion, and they introduce this guy at the end. Well, obviously he's not someone that we inter- that's ever been introduced. His his name's uh, Savannah, but it's someone that's old school. But I don't know who this guy is. But I can't wait to know more about him. Uh it's it, great yeah. jumping off point for Shazam. Uh, for it. Well, I mean anyone. It was just fun. Um, I'm at work yesterday, and we've got, like, 15, 30 minutes between calls, and I'm catching up on Conan. And my buddy that sits next to me, because I'm like, yes, yes, yes! And he looks at me, he's like, what? And I was like, I'm reading Conan the Barbarian, and I can tell you this, because he's a, he's, he's the type of guy that his entire desk is decorated in micro uh, or PVC, Star Wars figures, tiny ones in like Battle Battle <laughs> sure. of Hoth. And he's got a little soup can, he's always making his chunky soup. He's such a he's such a interesting gentleman. And he likes to mm-hmm. talk about World War Two and or any sort of uh historical anything. The guy's a history buff. He'll talk your ear off. He's a great guy to talk to. And I'm. he's like, what? And I'm like, you know, I can tell you this. And there's probably three other people in the world that can tell us, like you, Gunther, Tom. Um, this was high adventure. And he's like,
0: well, <laughs> what are you talking about?
1: I'm reading Conan Barbarian number six. Uh, written by Jason Aaron. Uh, artist, uh, Mahmoud Asrar. Oh, nice. oh Jason love Aaron. That. He's one of the best. Artist is uh, Mahmoud As- Asrar. Colorist is Matthew Wilson. Literary mm-hmm. is VCs. Oh, God. We, we got to get a hold of these guys. Travis Lanham. Uh, cover artist is Isad uh-huh. Rebecca, And variant cover artist is Julian Totino Deresco. So Conan, is, you find Conan in the midst of being the lone survivor surrounded by buzzards of a huge melee for this troop of uh, mercenaries that he's working with. And the sister group of these guys finds him and they don't trust him, but they still got to take care of him. Mm-hmm. they set up camp they're making him like they're not making him scrub toilets but he's basically on toilet duty he's outside sleeping uh not in a tent and they get ambushed and during the ambush they're expecting him to turn on them and they get hoarded the the the, the leader wants them to go uh, they're trying to drive us apart close ranks fight together get to the top of the high ground conan screams out no you fools they want you all together Can't you smell the dot, dot, dot? And then, boom, you see uh, some um, mass mercenary assassin sniper guys with lit arrows that aim directly at the high ground where all the guys just went to and set it on fire. And we get get to a point where Conan and the last remaining guys destroy murder, obliterate the attacking troop. And... This is the spot where I was like, hell yes. When, when my buddy heard me, he said, uh, the dunes had been covered with Stygian oils. Great Commander Burnham died screening. And they, and then so did the Stygians, the, the attacking group. There would be no sole survivor this day. Instead, when the next Terranian patrol came along, they would find five survivors. One Sumerian and four Terranians who vowed after that day, to never leave conan's side and yes high adventure this is exactly what comic books should be we've got these 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 high bearded people that are controlling these tribes clucking their tongues wondering what they should be should do with this conan the sumerian they bring him in and they try to enslave him and he shows them his power and this was short, sweet, great dialogue—not uh, Talking Heads, which I love—and he establishes himself as as someone that should be followed as a great war, a great warrior. Even though he's still a rogue, he, he's basically—I don't know—stop t- me if I'm wrong, but it, is is Conan not every single type of uh, character you can be, other than wizard in D and D? He's a thief. He's a um yeah he's a you rogue know, he's a he's a fighter he's a, fighter, he's a ranger he's a rogue. yeah he's
2: everything but is he a bard no oh,
1: oh, he's not a nothing to
2: do with magic he he relies on no 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 I mean like is he uh is he a is he a, a a troubadour you know like is he a a singer of any sort I don't remember if he ever sings in any of the movies or any of the stories I've ever I can
1: read I can argue yes but in the sense of a warrior he he does
2: perform Conan tell me what's good in life. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Seeing the, seeing the, uh, hear the lamentation. Yeah. Of the women.
1: Th- that, that was a, that was a performance. So, yeah, Bard. Uh, that, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll argue Bard in that. Yeah. But, okay. But not magic. Then we move on to Savage sort of Conan. Um, Number five Showdown with Koga Thun. Beautiful painted cover. Just like the way that Boris Vallejo should paint it. But it's not it's not that, but even then, uh Gary Duggan, writer, Ron Carney, artist, uh Richard Isanov, color color artist, BC's Travis Lanham, letterer Alex Ross, cover artist. Oh, that's why it was so pretty. It
2: was Alex, Alex Ross? Ross?
1: we we, we this nice. is some this yeah. is some frantic artwork. Heavy inks, beautiful flow emotion mm-hmm. in the eyes and conan is searching for the uh, in, a, in a different adventure searching for a treasure and finds to be betrayed by the person that he should have w- had been trusted and encounters a witch doctor that he immediately tries to murder and is cuts his head off and the whole body turns to snakes and conan was fi- was fighting oh, wow. through this whole thing because he initially before this issue was had been infected by the venom of said witch doctor, sorcerer, whatever, and he was eventually beca- gonna become under this guy's control. And they mm-hmm. find the treasure, but it's not riches, it's knowledge, it's parchment, it's spells. And the witch doctor had summoned this through much magical work. And during the battle, after his partner turned on him and then saves. You know, saves him with her own life while she's dying he sets the whole place on fire so this man can never ever use whatever mystical knowledge is, is written on these scrolls and cuts his head off the whole body turns to snakes and he rides into the town that is controlled by this man and he's got a big sack he's, he's, on, a, he's on a big steed he murders every mercenary that every guard to this town, and he announces Kogathun is dead. Check this out. Look at that. Look at that. And holds the head of of the their oppressor, and he throws it on the ground. The, the, it, it was just high adventure. Some accounts tell that the liberator was a northern man. Others swear he was a giant that must have climbed down off a mountain to smite the evil wizard. And you see all these slaves rise up and Conan is stomping and riding this steed and trampling on the guards. Slay your masters and seize your destiny. The one thing all <laughs> the songs agree was that the city was freed. The Cimmerian did not seek devils but he did not step from his path to let one pass and he just leaves he lets him you know he's he's that big stick of dynamite and that just gave me chills this was yeah. comic books at its best high adventure something yes oh sorry i get i just get carried away with that like <laughs> just just rereading it as 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 we're recording it just it just gave me chills man uh, Batman that laughs, number five. Let's see, part five. Scott Snyder writer. Uh, Jock did the, was the artist. Uh, if you guys know anything, you know who Jock is. Um, uh, David <laughs> Barron did the colors.
2: What? Uh, tell us. Tell everybody what's been going on with that, because I don't know that everybody is terribly aware of what what's been going on with uh the Batman
1: interdimensional cross hybrid Joker Batman invades the modern realm uh canon of Batman infects him with the same disease he's had that he has that turned him into the Batman that lost the hybrid joker and mm-hmm. he is trying to decide and manipulate the fate of Gotham now one thing that sticks out in particular is Gotham City is no longer a setting Gotham City is a character and if you didn't realize that, you fucked up. Not you, not you, brother. But I'm sure you did. But mm. Gotham City is is a character, <laughs> and they're manipul- He's trying to manip- manipulate the fate of Gotham in order to take over the world in some whatever sense. Obviously, this is the the nexus of where it starts, and there's history of Gotham entwined with this. And Batman is having trouble. Uh, really wrangling the cops because they they can't tell which batman it is the 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 grim knight the batman that laughs or actual right. batman because he's okay. struggling with the the poison going through his veins the artwork was nasty beautiful it was
0: <laughs> we're
1: talking you know coherent forms but when things get crazy jock just unleashes with the inks and I'm not just talking uh, scenes where it's raining. We're talking violent scenes of brutality and the inks just rain down and just, you know, like when you watch a manga or an anime and, you know, the speed lines just the, to accentuate. Sure. We're talking bleedy inks in order to accentuate that this is not some place you want to be. It's a violent scene. Uh, even the, the lightning that's going on. And, guys, uh, obviously spoilers, but you're going to have to read this one. It's it's really convoluted. Uh, I would suggest it for any Batman fan, but this is something you you have to read in, in bulk. This one is hard to follow month to month.
2: That's, that's, I think, the thing that has turned me off of it. I'm waiting, you know, most of the DC stuff, because I'm not keeping up with it, I'm perfectly willing to pick up and trade, and really see where it goes. I'm willing to give anything DC its fair shake if, uh, if it's not something that I have a hard time uh, keeping up with.
1: Got curse words number twenty-one created by Charles Soleil and Ryan Brown, colors by Addison Duke, pages one through fourteen. Ryan Brown, uh, pages fifteen through twenty-two. Letters by uh, Chris Crank. Cover A by Ryan Brown. Cover B by Ryan Brown. And production by uh, Deanna Phelps. We are picking up on Wizard and he is down and out. His new newfound arch nemesis after he's basically a guy that escaped hell, realized that Earth is awesome and wants to get drunk and fucked up and satisfy people with magic const- constantly. Mm-hmm. And one of the people he wronged was the father of, there was a big scene where at a baseball game and he, he revealed this insurmountable truth and to protect the truth, everyone that was watching the game, including all the people at the game where he took and put them in a bottle and he put them in a mystical realm where they got everything they wanted. And they're a little confused, but they're having a good time in this bottle. They, they don't realize that. Well, they realize it's mystical, but they're having a good time. The father of of two of the boys that had gone you know gone to the shitter during a commercial break comes back, and his kids were watching the game. They disappeared, and he thinks wizard is the <laughs> you know antithesis antithesis of evil, and wizards uh, devil you know, grandmaster, master, master, or whatever you want to call it, back in, in his nether realm, imbues this guy with mystical powers, to try to fuck with wizard, and he's, they've got him down and out, and he, he picks up the bottle, he doesn't realize what the, he doesn't realize his kids are still alive, and he drinks it, and as, the people inside their essences go into him, and they get imbued, their fantasy of, of pleasure, and everything they want turns into a, a negative zone. Everything turns against them. They're suddenly trapped in a nightmare within the hate of this man. And he even picks the bottle up and pisses into it. Uh, Wizard's ah. girlfriend is, you know, helping him out. She was there to kill him in the first place, but now they made, they made friends. She, he taught her how great Earth was. And there is a koala, which wants which a rat. She's always a anthropomorphic being but never human realizes and through a tarot card reading what she really is because she's looking for who her real mom and dad are she has suspicions it's wizard in the the red one but once the tarot reading comes it activates like like a like a mystical like a key word that all of a sudden unlocks this barrier in her head and she goes to the other realm and They're ready to throw down, and we're talking biblical sense battle. And uh, the artwork's really whimsical. It's great. It's overly colored. I like their color palette. It's one of the best things about this comic book is the color palette. The action scenes, like I said, not talking heads. One of the reasons I picked this one. And guys, pick it up, man. Uh, This one, you can read issue to issue. You'll remember last time on, on this one. The cover is beautiful. Uh, They they invite this. They they struggle with an invisible man, and after you read the comic book, you realize what the cover is, and that I thought was great. Because you know when you pick a comic book up and Magneto's dead on the front, like okay, so I assume.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. No, not
1: this one. This one is the two main protagonists, and you see an invisible man covered with blood, but you don't realize that's what it really is until they actually fight the guy. And then when you really see the cover afterwards, it was it was a really nice treat, to to really get into that afterwards. When uh, we go into Ice Cream Man, Ice Cream Man always delivers. Uh, issue twelve, written by W. Maxwell Prince, art by Martine Morazzo, colors by Chris O'Halloran, lettering by Good Old Neon. That's an interesting name. Uh, cover A by Morazo and O'Halloran, yeah. and cover B by Tula Lute, designed by Ashley Walker. This is, uh, because when it comes to Ice Cream Man, you get dropped into different environments consistently. There's not, there's a very small coherent story that constantly follows this, and that's who the Ice Cream Man is. You learn more and more about how nefarious he is and his actual true intentions. We're talking, it is years in the future, and there's an ARC, A-R-C, that is Mm -hmm. piloted by one lone man and he's looking for a, a a terran planet with water in order to plant the seeds of humanity to save to save what was humanity he's to his own knowledge he's own, he's the last n- human in existence as he's looking for this planet uh, let's see there's a specific name here his computer that's talking to him is BOB actually B0B
0: navigational
1: map bot first of its kind and the seed of humanity is actually a virtual hard drive of everyone's memories that will once it's planted will resurrect everyone where they were and have their own memories back but as he's as he's careening through space trying to find some terran planet with water he's talking to the to the computer consistently and that was such an interesting uh writer writing uh I don't know what do you call it exercise cuz he's talking to the to the computer the whole time arc is a genesis craft life shuttle its purpose dot dot, dot. like it, it's everything is transcribed as if he's like keeping a journal and that's how he's talking throughout the entire thing he encounters a, a meteoroid storm uh comets well, not comets, uh just meteors, and there are these evil spiders, and he ends up crashing on a on a desolate moon and he encounters the ice cream man and the ice cream man you can tell it's him, but he's in his true form, and he mm-hmm. reveals his intentions he's there to only cause trouble he's 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 like Tyler Durden in the new Fight Clubs. Like he's a he's an idea. He's not a person. He's an idea, and the, he's an anthropomorphic idea of hatred and chaos and brutality and hedonism. Uh, told in space. I never thought they would. We re- encounter the ice cream man in space. Great, great artwork. Uh, he they they do introduce a. Pseudo new character It's kind of It's it's the cowboy brother But He's there to He's there constantly Trying to uh Keep
2: him Keep him in check
1: You got any thoughts So far brother
2: The cowboy brother Of the ice yep. cream man They're They're yin hmm. and yang Okay Any thoughts so far brother No I'm checking I'm just I'm hearing you out Cause these are not things That I've been picking up Um <clears throat> Sometimes it's one of those things where it's, you know, you're going to approach the question of legitimacy, you know, if we're going to sit there and talk about Kevin Smith or somebody, and but uh, there's not much not much to uh, rail against here because these are all things that are building towards something else. Where do you think the Ice Cream Man is going? Are these books are standalone-ish enough if they're splitting their time between What's happening in one one aspect of reality, and then a far future story? All but right? one
1: is is standalone. There's is one okay. issue, and I think it's one of the first ones. Uh, one of the first minefields we did was when him and his brother get together to encounter their "quote unquote" father on a mystical world. To he's the father's dying, and he's passing his legacy on. And you 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 get to uh-huh. see the yin and yang between the cowboy and the ice cream man. But everything else you get dropped into one spot and you gotta figure it out. They have fun writing things. There's one issue where it's one guy's life if he had made three different decisions. And as you change as you turn the page, you see where his life is going with each decision. And that was the whole point of it. That was the whole point of it, was choices. It was It was a lot of fun. Each each panel for each different choice was in a different color, different color scheme. Done by the same artist, it would have been great if they'd have found three different artists to do it, but obviously these guys are too invested in it and wouldn't want to share their baby, which is fine. Uh, This one, if I was writing it, I would have shared and had two other writers, I'm sorry, two other artists, uh, follow the three different um, choices as opposed to the
2: one I took over but uh last see yeah that's cl- I mean, you get that every now and again when you've got something mm. going on where it's like an anniversary issue mm. and they're bringing back some major artists from uh past uh creative uh or uh past runs right you know what i mean but um, this one this is this is image so it's 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 these two guys baby last yeah, you don't have the decades-long probabilities there. Last
1: but definitely, definitely not least, is the Flash number seventy. This this okay. one is written by Joshua Williamson and Howard Porter, storytellers. Hi-Fi is the colorist. Porter yep. and Hi-Fi did the cover. Uh, Tony Infante did the variant cover. Andrew Marino is associate editor. Uh, Paul Kaminsky editor. This is. God, I don't even want to say it's a retcon. I think it's just a retelling in a new way to, to make the Flash relevant. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, it's a retcon. But the artwork... Again, I get put in that spot where I was hating on digital artwork. We're talking... This could not be done in paper. If it, if it was done on actual paper, the paper would either have to be 8 feet tall or... Done yeah. in, in big sections and then assembled digitally. Uh, it starts off and it just gave me that wild hair about why I loved that Conan, Savage Sort of Conan High Adventure and why we should like comics. Mm-hmm. But it starts out with Barry Allen, Bartholomew Henry Allen. Where did you run off to? He's in, he's in his attic. His mom's attic as a child and he's going through her old comic books and he's got a black eye. And what are, you, what are you doing up here? I was just looking at your comic books. The superhero ones. It's getting bad outside. There's a big lightning storm. You know, obviously, you know, we're foreshadowing here. What's got you reading my old comics again? I don't know. The classic heroes were cool. Good beating evil and all that. Barry, what's on your face? And she mm-hmm. sees the black eye and he says nothing. He holds his head down and he says, I'll be okay. Barry, you should have come to your father and me if you're being picked on. No, they weren't coming for me they were bullying some other kids and i couldn't just stand there and do nothing right god damn it yes stand like that's that's perfect and and he's smart enough to know that and it flash forwards to him being like a csi detective and he's just on it he he is great at his yeah. job he's he's in the in the lab he's he's ignoring a, a hot chick that wants to hang out with him he's he's doing his work and the lightning comes through and shocks him Nine panels per page for Watchmen. Wasn't that, like, kind of challenging back in the day? I remember reading, like, opening Watchmen, you're looking at nine panels and, like, three bubbles of dialogue each panel?
2: I don't know, man, because, I mean, like, when you look at stuff in the Silver Age, that is primarily, that was the MO for storytelling because it was as much material as you could put on there, and you were lucky to have something that was going to be, like, a half a right. page. But But this one, look at this page.
1: There's sixteen. There's wow. sixteen panels. Look, look Yeah, and it works. Look but at look that. at this splash page. Look at that splash page when he's getting hit by the the lightning as as uh, the the chemical spill on him. It, it. Yeah. These guys had a lot of fun. A lot of care and trust was put into this. As he wakes up in the hospital and he knocks over the food that's waiting for him and he reassembles it back onto the tray. Can't believe it as he's burning out
2: burning cool. out
1: countless shoe after shoe trying to control his powers
2: look how many panels are on this page it's still it's 16 yeah. and they're all individually interesting Every, it,
1: but everything is is it's everything is meaty no talking heads here he's uh-huh. learning how to be the flash he's he's uh he finds a pair of boots that He stole from the firefighters, uh, from Wayne Tech, donated fireproof jackets to the Central City Fire Department. He stole some fireproof (laughs) boots, and he's learning how to really control his powers. And rather than just be a simple, okay, the Flash is new again, we're doing number one. No, it's number 70. We're not doing that cash grab and doing number one again. It's number 70. We're retconning it a bit. But you're not going to have to deal with him encountering uh, his, you know, the evil reverse flash, you know, at the end, like his, his his arch nemesis. No, we've taken it completely different direction. They are having fun. Look how they assembled the panels on this page. Look how.
2: Yeah. Oh, wow. <clears throat> we've got one that spreads across both of them. And then there's one, well, two, how two, many three, are four, there across six, the bottom? Six, six,
1: eight at the bottom. Yeah, And he's just testing his powers. He's going as fast as he can, 100, 200, and then boom. He ends up in the future accidentally. And you end up with older Barry looking at him. When are we going to learn how dangerous time travel is? Great. (laughs) I have... I hate time travel. I'm tired of it. It gets convoluted. But I have all the trust in the Flash when it comes to time travel after Flashpoint. Flashpoint was one of my favorite comic series ever that was so much fun before they did new 52 everything they did was just for fun and to explore characters before they to to the extent that they could before they you know retconned everything and reinvented everything did like a ultimate universe but it's now a canon thing and yeah this was gorgeous this was guys if you're listening if you're gonna take my advice this is my number one comic book of the of the of the month so far, uh flash number seventy, go go get it. <laughs> well, that's all I got, man. Uh the one thing I do before we sign out is we've got some WWE problems. Oh my gosh. We've don't got we? some big time WWE problems. And uh when we were talking earlier, you asked you asked me what do you think is the problem? Uh yeah. let me go into it and then I want you to just fire back if you've got any problems with it.
2: Let's see here. I, was, I mean, like, <clears throat> while, you're, while you're looking into that, it's amazing because I think we can all agree that part of the problem is definitely the authoritarianistic aspect of Vince just, like, controlling everything. Right. Being the final word all of the time. But <clears throat> at the same time... You just spilled it a minute ago. No, man. You don't have a move called the Y2J. You are Y2J. That was you know old what I mean? Vince. Coming in with something that heavy like
1: Vince that. That was making a good storyline. But here is what's happening in WWE right now, and I'm just going to shotgun through it. The internet reacts to Becky Lynch admitting to dating Seth Rollins. Becky Lynch drags her man Hold Seth up. Rollins in beef with Beth.
2: Hold up. Stop. Yeah, we were having a bit of a sound recording issue there for a second, but uh, sorry, you were saying Seth Rollins is dating Becky Lynch? Can you hear me? Talking,
1: talking, 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 Mm talking. Yeah, talking, talking. No, what I'm saying is, this is WWE news. This is what's happening right now. The internet reacts to Becky Lynch admitting to dating Seth Rollins. (laughs) Becky Lynch drags her man, Seth Rollins, in beef with Beth Phoenix and Edge. John Cena comes to defense of WWE's writing. Edge reacts to Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch and Beth Phoenix trade shots. Watch Sasha Banks rage with Sledgehammer to relieve stress. Becky Lynch trolls Big E with spelling mistake. Ronda Rousey says she did the easy version. Of WWE. Uh, Liv Morgan explains Sarah Logan's absence.
2: WWE. Exactly. It's uh, all, none of this is happening Becky in the ring. And the man is this not is impressed. All, we were just talking all, about this a couple of months Percy ago. The Watson idea that if the w- WWE w- wants yet. to maintain not one of those fucking idea of its things that is online in the rag sheets s- as ever as says to be taken that there was a good goddamn match, then, and you know that they do. Because they're always pushing, oh, my God, we were the top thing or we're the the highest number or the high, I don't know, the highest grossing thing on Twitter right now. Uh, Smackdown tonight is the most important thing on Twitter right now or money in the bank or whatever. And then it's like, okay, yeah, Ronda Rousey saying something on on there. But, yeah, I totally I know what you're saying. They need to be constantly doing stuff in social media to maintain a presence of mind within us as as the fans and the viewers, but nothing is happening in the ring because it's all too scheduled, you know?
1: None of it. I I want to mm-hmm. see a, a great psychological match. I I want to see, I want to see DX again. Even though I was never a big fan of DX defending, uh, mankind because they're, he's their adoptive brother and they're there to take care of him as he finds whoever. I want to see Val Venus swinging his hips, doing a, a kick ass promo, and then doing a killer barn burner of a match. And I'm a huge Val fan, but none of those, none of the actual news sites are reporting a good match, or that there's good wrestling happening. And why are we even here? We're here for a match. We're here to see people tell a story in the ring. Who gives a shit about these rich assholes? Uh, who they're dating? Uh, Lars Sullivan saying some racist shit. Big E not forgiving or forgiving Hulk Hogan. Who gives a shit? I want to see some good product. I grew up on WWE. I'm a WWE guy. Tom's a, a WCW guy. We just want to see good matches. And oh, like none the, of that uh, is in any way the RAW after WrestleMania. Right now, they- WrestleMania happened, and not today's Sunday.
2: So you're lucky there.
1: And I, but um, honestly, man, I'm ashamed to say it's the first time in years that I forgot that Monday Night Raw was happening. I had I had better. No, no, I just mean in general. I I forgot tonight was Monday. Well, I, yeah, but I I meant on Monday. I'm just saying that on Monday. I wasn't thinking. Oh, I can't with. Uh Raw. yeah. Raw's I mean, what free. else least, is there to get excited? Uh, I don't that's want to watch
2: that's part Raw. of the problem. They can't they what can happened was manage I didn't care enough. My brain didn't even say, "Dude,
1: Ross going in on in between I, their, their pay-per-view." No, that didn't even happen you know? in my brain. Like something that I'm so focused on. Instead of worrying all about all what I don't what, care like, about, save the interesting
2: feud stuff. They so in between PPVs and then save the uh the title changes for the pay-per-views. You know what I mean? No, it's co- it's actually next weekend, but um, yeah, that it's well, even. I mean, that's thing. how it's
1: always happened, but like now it's <laughs> just like what you 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 mentioned earlier is uh money in the bank tonight, and I'm like Jesus, I forgot money in the bank was even happening, and that made me. St- yeah, but it's it still made me sad that I forgot that money in the bank was even. Uh, oh I, I, yeah.
2: Chris Jericho invented that. I'm not going to say yeah, that. Yeah, that they need it, it, it to it blow, blow off their social media like, thing. And, and That's and a they're, big they're deal. They're they need to be managing their social media stuff. presence but, um, of
1: their wrestlers. They're more but, concerned yeah, they're, about what Chris Jericho is doing in blacklisting. And they're, they're more to, concerned about making sure this person doesn't get on the roster for AEW. What is
2: it that they're doing wrong? Are there too many superstars? Why? They have all of those superstars that they're ignoring. They have all of those guys that they're not doing anything with.
0: You can never
1: have too many superstars. Because...
2: Well, what... There's that, yeah. I could I actually I'm not, not give a shit about Becky Lynch anymore.
1: What I'm saying is you can the only reason I cared at all is because they were forcing her on us, like they stable. were forcing Roman the Reigns. Problem is, is that they're not and
2: uh, are focusing on people. Now you know, hey, they, I'm excited every time Roman comes on. I'm happy. I'm, like. I'm. 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 These I'm ready to see they... uh, him stop being booed. Period. Because I think he's put he's put up th- put enough time in that we could give him give him his credit. But like. Maybe that's the direction we need to be going. Uh, but the whole Becky Lynch thing, uh, I'm burned out on it. hmm But then they didn't retain him. I was they're excited. Like, no, for they're that, switching man. back and forth I, like crazy. I, I
1: feel like a dummy for getting invested in that because that's what they gave us afterwards. After Mania, uh, they're const- they're constantly doing fix up jobs. Oh, we're doing the Superstar Shakeup. Great, we should be excited for the Superstar Shakeup. Who's going to Raw? Who's going to SmackDown? Um, I barely cared about that in the first place.
2: They didn't. It's and- ridiculous because if you if you, like if no you're a home viewer. Like you know, that, that, I'm not. That, I, I'll go to a show if it's in OKC or Tulsa. Why What even drive what as far as does uh, that mean? Dallas or Wichita? You, you mean you're just gonna pick and going choose? On. Why did
1: you even but, do the goddamn superstar like, shakeup in the first place and just go back to that's everyone it. being on all the shows? If it's
2: SmackDown, you know who's gonna be like, there. And if it's Raw, you know who's gonna be there. But they're freaking out about their attendance, and they should be, because it's it is it's scarily down. Dallas. Yeah, but what kind of venues are they pulling? Are they pulling down the biggest stadium in whatever city?
1: They should be. They should be. Yeah, but Ring of Honor uh, is constantly packed. Uh, Impact. But why? They they don't have enough room for the people that are wanting to get in. New Japan Pro. Well, they're doing the... the no, they're not... No, but I'm not saying that that their numbers
2: are better. I'm saying yeah, my that my hunger is to this better. day is and still. When you watch Raw or SmackDown, does that make sense? That they're cutting the commercial as soon as a match because starts because the product is better. But they're saving all of this BS with Braun Strowman's back in the background talking to somebody or they're doing some fake interview that is so completely social faint. media shit. I mean, I'm consa- a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago, I was so impressed with whatever episode it was of Raw where things were so well directed, whoever was in the booth and they were directing the camera work, and getting in on the expressions, the emotion of Leo Rush as he was being flung around the ring by uh, Finn Balor, that was incredible. You, if you want us to, if you want like, if you want us to believe in the legitimacy, if you want to teach, if dictate to us what we should care about, you have to do it by. By tricking the audience into it, and that has a lot to do with uh, yeah, what you're doing with an- the cameras, that's another thing and um it's like I say the the people who can dictate the emotional resonance, tell the audience what they're supposed to think and feel is the director, the actors, the production designer, the uh, cinematography, the uh, the uh, uh, um I'm sorry, the uh, the uh, director of photography. And the uh, the composer. Well, there is no music going on. There's rarely any kind of production design happening. So it all comes down to the director, the actors, and it comes down to what they're doing with the cameras. So if you want to, I mean, quit with the shaky cam, like documentary-style footage BS going on uh, away from the ring and out in the... Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Tell me what I should be feeling by looking at uh, how the crowd is reacting to stuff. Acting is reacting. And since we're constantly being shown agonizing pain and injury from these, show these, uh, us show these performers the, in the room. Show running. us the talent. We need to be show seeing what what the, how the fans for. are reacting to stuff, you know? The AEW shirts.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, they're not going to show us how the fans are reacting to stuff because that would mean showing uh, the empty giant spots in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. And no, that's, not that's only the generally fact
2: generally been the way it has been. Yeah, where yeah,
1: uh, or people getting turned away, and that's just not right. We we want this. You have something special in your telling us what we should like instead of mm-hmm. giving us something we should like. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, like... I mean, they... they WB always has ups and downs. I remember, like, in 2015, like, when... When uh, Seth was the chicken shit champ. Every episode of Raw was great. Everything was fucking amazing and they just did their best and then they panic because things in terms of like numbers drop and in attendance and nielsen ratings and they panic and they try to fix something and then if, if you were if you were gonna go buy a house and while you're buying it people are consistently working on it to try to make it better and then they're just fucking up the whole time like you're you're watching, you're watching yourself try to purchase something that is in decimation, and the people that are trying to fix it are only making it worse. Oh, no, and a spear. And and it's a just it's a simple fix. Iron Man landing. It's a very and all simple that crap. fix. Let yeah. the wrestlers talk on their own. Let them off their leashes. Let them have more than three finisher moves, and not what make us watch. Roman do fifteen Superman punches, and then a spear. Yeah, I always kind of thought of it as the Neo landing. <laughs> but uh, even then, like I, I feel cheated. I feel like, I feel, um, guys, if you're into football, I feel like the WWE right now is being run by Jerry Jones, who owns the Dallas Cowboys. He's one of the type of. Owners that is constantly interfering with good people that should be successful. And he's constantly interjecting and in deciding what people should like. And you're an old 70-year-old man. Not that just because you're 70 means you're irrelevant. But your way of thinking is not the way everyone else is thinking. You, you've I know. got better guys. You've got your son. And then in in a comparison, even though I don't like the New England Patriots. All right. The New New England Patriots. Uh, Belichick has a amazing uh, rapport with the owner, and you know how it works with the owner with the the Patriots. Give me W, give me W's, and I will give you everything you want. I will I will not interfere. You need this to win. Here it is. Just give me the W.
0: Yeah.
1: And. Everyone hates the Patriots. Maybe but
2: that sort of uh backstage I know that the whole thing is orchestrated. Business let's, sense. Let's go down a completely ridiculous. Direction. It just makes sense. The whole We've thing is orchestrated. A, a, a obviously. Coach that needs you're talking about wins, time. you're talking about losses. I need What W's. good okay, does any of it do? What do you need? You've got a belt or artistic. you don't have a belt. But when you're someone... some kind of a champion or you're not. Well, why are we Why aren't they playing up the concept that it's... Let's do it. Legit. Yeah, we're outside the realm of any real kayfabe. But why aren't we looking at brackets? Why aren't we looking at, okay, then, you know, hey, we love Elias, right? We're sticking... Elias is over, and we're constantly sticking him in front of the camera, doing his entire shtick. Does he ever win? I don't care whether or not he's got a belt. He doesn't have any wins. He has a streak of losses.
1: I can't remember the last time. I can't remember the last time he won. You read my mind. Does he? Dude, when he was the, when he was the Drifter in NXT, he was laying. That's my
0: entire
2: complaint.
1: We're making it more there. about He's the characters right. he than was about doing the idea. It's,
2: it's more about entertainment than it is sports. That, that and this that is supposed to be sports entertainment. Elias so if that's what it is. Fake us three years out. Ago was let's look at a bracket. I, let's oh, constantly be like showing like the technical like skill uh, in replay like it's basketball. Let's go in there and let's say Seth Rollins has a string of victories that is a mile long. He is a champion we can believe in because... We see him winning. Yes, I'm saying still it's fake. It's going to be fake. But Exactly. If I've got a if I've got a thing, if I if I'm watching why why should we ever see Jinder Mahal? He never wins anything. Yeah, yeah, he had the United States championship. You watch any video about why New Japan Pro is relevant
1: and every single one is gonna say wins matter in New Japan Pro.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah,
1: he he had he had the heavyweight. He had the heavyweight champion, and you know why he was the heavyweight champion for a while? Was because they were trying to push the the uh, the network I, and, in and India. What,
2: what what even then? Motherfucker is motherfucker's a, a from a Canada out of a guy from India. And uh, yeah, it he's from Indian descent. But they're like brown, they're trying to so like make that's make what everyone evil. knew. We saw it in the rag They're m- trying to push mid American in India watches this, and, and the stout, so they put the belt on blah. an Indian guy. You want to make racial comments like that? It's just it's it's it seems too racial to me. That's a good point. Oh, like they're from the, yeah, they're Pakistani yeah. or something. It it did
1: offend me. It did offend me because they got the Singh brothers who are his like little lackeys and they're, they, yep. they just come off as these, they, 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 the, the portrait they paint is, <laughs> isn't even Indian. They, 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 they push them as like those, uh, per per. Yeah, they no, not even Pakistani. They they dress them like they're those sleazy Persian guys that wear way too much fucking cologne and no deodorant, and 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 too much express clothes. Like, why? Like, like these guys? Like, you don't see these guys arguing backstage or or being friends or or in any way. I think that's a terrible idea. It's too to much material like every that. week, anyways. And they could, do, the money they could do. They could do one
2: up, one hour show per week. We have to on like any given channel. We and we'd be like, okay, watching, cool. I want to go check out that match because the it's Bailey, and I give a shit. And no, no, they're gonna make like, SmackDown three that's hours the, that's long. That's my. Com- that's the, the entire thing. And I don't know what you're saying. That it's, that's my. That's my entire thing. Is like compl- when it what it really turns into is in the end, if they want to give anything, if they want to get any kind of ratings, you're right. Take the leash off of them. And try to make it into something that makes sense to sports fans. And yeah, because then it's a question. Can Finn Balor actually defeat Bobby Lashley? Should he be able to? Should they even be in the same ring? Can Bobby Lashley fight Elias? Maybe. I believe that. You know, should, can can speediness and technical prowess defeat Braun Strowman? You want to recreate this. Like, why is it all about heels and heroes? It needs to be about sports, athletes, athleticism. When you get back to it, Andre the Giant had it best in...